Welcome all, another edition of the Chumps Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Danny, I'm here with Matt, and something's missing, Matt. What is it? Yeah, I, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe we're going to have to bust out the Scott voice again today because <laughs> he is not here, um, but that's Wasn't it right. a frog voice last time? Was not it something like this <laughs> For no reason. I don't know, Dan. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> no, Scott is uh Scott's out winning well competing at least and possibly winning the world championship of sand volleyball. So I mean, I get it. And uh I believe yeah. he can just do it. And it's unfortunate he has to miss the AFC South was with, with his Jacksonville Jaguars, but that means we can talk more trash without feeling bad on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So. He's got to, he's got to, especially. Oh my God, I can't believe we're gonna talk about Tim Tebow, and Scott's <laughs> not gonna even be here to defend the matter. <laughs> well, don't use it all up now. <laughs> so uh, you, yeah. uh, you pried me out of the host seat, didn't you, Danny? Yeah, I appreciate you relinquishing the seat back to me. I'm back in Missouri. Uh, Florida was great, but too sunburnt. And uh, I got my new shirt on, Matt. Uh, my Marco Island shirt. And That's then I noticed, lovely. and uh, it's got a big old tear in the sleeve already. So I'm gonna drive back down there and return it. Those sons of bitches. That's oh, worth it. <laughs> it is a good looking shirt. I'll rip the sleeves off like I do all the time. Well. You touched on this a minute ago, Matt. The AFC South and NFC South, this show will close out our divisional breakdowns for the 2021 season. And we saved the best for last uh, because all three of us, Scott, Matt, and myself, have uh, horses in this race uh, with our Titans fandom and Scott's Jags. But first, let's talk a little bit of news and notes, Matt. Um, not a ton really out there. Some hot stove topics that you came across that I thought were ooh spicy if they're true yeah i think we're hitting the the spot in the off season where fantasy's starting to ramp up but the news isn't necessarily ramping up just quite yet so uh we'll wait for some of these training camps to start up but we can talk about hot stove you want me to bust into it danny get into it yeah apparently the bills are considering cutting or releasing cole beasley apparently they saved a lot of cap space. Um, they would save a lot of cap space with that. And they have Emmanuel Sanders, who they think can just step in and fill in that role. What I didn't realize is Cole Beasley is 32, and Emmanuel Sanders can't be older than, or much older than that. No he's way. Was he 27? 34. What? No, Emmanuel he's been Sanders? around for a while. I, was, oh. I thought it was right around there. But either way, I don't think you're you're – downgrading too much there if anything i don't know that's surprising to me i mean i know cole beasley's been in the news with his um vaccine hijinks but he was really good for the bills last year i mean he put up a lot of receptions a lot of yards i think he if he didn't hit a thousand yards he was close um yeah emmanuel sanders can do that though like who's a better wide receiver emmanuel sanders or cole beasley Career-wise, I, I think I would say Emmanuel Sanders, certainly. I mean, Beasley had those days in Dallas, too, that I forgot about. Oh, I mean, come on. He was no Emmanuel Sanders. I, I, don't, I don't think so either, but... Beasley had only 967 yards receiving last year. I stand corrected. I apologize, everybody, 
for my malfeasance declaring but the thousand yards. There's only 15 games. Technically, oh, 10 see? starts. I don't know how that works with this position, but uh, extrapolate that out, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, do you think this has to do with the whole vaccine thing? I mean, he's so polarizing. Do you think they're trying to cut ties with the sideshow? I'm I'm sure that's why it's in the news right now. Whether or not that was the intent of the statement from the organization, if this was even directly from the organization, I don't know. But I'd I'd imagine that's the mindset they're trying to push with these articles being dropped. Yeah. And you came across another one about Deshaun Watson. Another article. Deshaun Watson <laughs> potentially going to Miami. This one seems like a uh, taken out of context statement. Apparently the news is that the Dolphins will still consider a trade for Deshaun Watson if his legal troubles, I guess, clear up or if he's completely clear to those. And I imagine that was a reporter asked to them that they're like, I guess if there was no no legal issues. Yeah, we'd consider trading for Deshaun Watson. But now yeah. it's a big headline. <laughs> well, like, aren't there 31 teams who or would absolutely trade for Deshaun Watson if his legal troubles cleared up, just whoosh gone? I mean, maybe not Kansas City or Buffalo, but everybody would want him. He's a young, elite quarterback. And if all his legal troubles are gone, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll be in the, in the market for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it seems odd that Miami is the one, the team that got dropped in the headline about that. That's why I just think it's something out of context. They got their young guy. They they benched Fitzpatrick halfway through the year, so Tua could be the guy, and it would be a weird sideways or backwards step to take Deshaun Watson in and just <laughs> say, nah, you're not really the guy, too. So any other hot stove issues you want to talk about before we get into my little uh, warm-up question for you? I guess we kind of warmed up a little bit with these, but I got to warm up a couple of questions for you before we get into the divisions. Anything else you want to break down? Slap them on me, Danny. Okay. I've got two this or that's for you. Okay. Who will have a better season record wise out of these two teams? Okay. The Pittsburgh Steelers or the Minnesota Vikings? The Pittsburgh Steelers won 12 games last year. The Vikings won seven. So there's a big discrepancy there. But I think we are both in the camps of those arrows pointing in opposite directions and maybe meeting towards the middle there. So who would you pick if you had to bet a lot of money on one of those teams have more wins than the other? I think I'm solidly in the Vikings camp here. Um, Steelers, I I think they're going to struggle a bit this year because that division is getting really strong. Um. I didn't think they were going to have it last year and they came out real hot, but they didn't finish hot at all. They came out real <laughs> hot. It was like 11 and 0, wasn't it? Yeah. And I think everybody's on their heels in the AFC North. Meanwhile, the Packers have, I don't, obviously I think Aaron Rodgers is still going to be there. They're still going to be fine, but maybe they're, they're down a notch. They're not as elite as they were last year, which kind of maybe opens the door for Vikings to snag a win from them. Um, and then the Bears and the Lions, I just don't think can compete with uh, the Vikings this season. Um, and I just like their team in general. Dalvin Cook is a stud, and I think Kirk Cousins is underrated. And tack on Diggs and Thielen, and you got a, a spicy offense with a not terrible defense behind it. So 
I like the Vikings. I don't really like the Steelers this year. Yeah, I agree with the AFC North being tough thing that you said too. I think the Steelers are looking more at 500, if not a touch underneath that. Uh, Big Ben, I mean, he's getting older and older. He's throwing shallower and shallower. He needs to make it through a 17-game season uh, with a terrible O-line. Then you've got, like you said, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Irv Smith is going to be a guy that I really like this year. Ah, and I think an easier division, not easy division, think, an easier division. What you mentioned is why I think Juju is becoming a buy low for me this year. He He's always had a ton of targets and he works out of the slot. And I think that's where Ben is going to gravitate this year. And I think that's where he's going to be effective. He's still going to try to heave ho a couple, but what's really going to be successful for him is targeting Juju. And I don't know, I got my eye on him now all of a sudden. Yeah, you got Juju catching a lot of short passes. I don't know what he's going to do with them. I mean... All right, so half PPR. Maybe <laughs> not standard. Well, Deontay Johnson got the volume. Juju's... I, I don't know where Juju falls in this. I think he's an elite, a really, really good wide receiver. I wouldn't say elite. Well, you got Chase Claypool just muddying the waters there. I don't know. He'll get probably the most touchdowns, though, right? I mean, he's a big, huge guy. I don't know what to make of that wide... I might just stay away from the Steelers' wide receiving core. I'm talking depth bench with Juju. yeah yeah that's true that's true you're not taking him as a wide receiver too uh but I'm, i agree with you i think the vikings will win more games um another who's going to finish with more wins the cincinnati bengals or the atlanta falcons this year the bengals went 4 11 and 1 the falcons went 4 and 12 man i think uh that's two pretty tough divisions i still don't think Carolina is going to bounce back as much as a lot of other people do. Um, so that that's that's nice for the Falcons, while I think the Bengals have pretty tough matchups with any divisional game. But I really like what they're doing on the offense and in their organization. I, I think I'm going to give this one to the Bengals, and I don't know if I can back it up with hard facts or stats, but right. more this year. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think if I had to bet money on it, I... I'm really big on the Bengals this year, but I everything's telling me to choose Matt Ryan in the Falcons here, even without Julio Jones. Like you lose Julio Jones and Matt Ryan's getting older. Other side of the coin, you have Joe Burrow coming back from big injury, but he's got a lot of promise. But they're in a tough division with the Browns and Ravens, and I guess also the Steelers defense. I I'll pick the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals now. I like them. I'll I think I chose them as a keep your eye on them team. I'll go with it there. You warmed up. I'm feeling kind of toasty. Oh, sorry, we forgot to ask Scott. I think that you know the belt tie. <laughs> Very good, Scott. He's gonna hate us when he hears this. All right, let's talk divisions. Let's talk AFC South, and let's start with the big boys there at the top. Matt, do you recall who won the AFC South last year? I know it was tight, but I'm pretty sure the tight ends. Came out on top there. Mm. 11 and 5 record, baby. Breaking their, I don't know, like four or five year streak of 9 and 7. Mm -hmm. Up that bad boy to 11 and 5. They destroyed the Colts in that division by zero games. Um, Destroyed nonetheless. (laughs) But still, just emasculated them. Um, Ryan Tannehill returns as the starter for the Tennessee Titans. His ADP is quarterback 11 right now. And in the fantasy world, he is kind of a sleeper underdog darling. Uh, and I tend to agree. What about you? 
I think he's a sleeper underdog, darling. I agree because I, yeah, he still didn't throw over 4,000 yards last year. And everybody wants to say this is a run first team, which it is, but his, his stats and his efficiency supported two, basically 2,000 yard receivers. Um, and Corey Davis and AJ Brown, 33 TDs, almost 4,000 yards passing, uh, bare like seven interceptions. Yeah. Crazy good completion rate, crazy, crazy good TD to interception rate on a team that should be improved on offense or all sides of the ball, I guess I should say. Um, I just think they're going to score a lot of points this year. And I think Tannehill is going to be a very solid floor quarterback that you can grab some high upside guy real late with. Um, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. I had a sip on him a while back where I, I just don't see you be being disappointed if you grab him at his ADP this year. Yeah. When he took over as a starter in 2019 in week seven, uh, he was a quarterback three in fantasy from then on out. And then last year, he finished as a quarterback seven. He added Julio Jones, scored 40 total touchdowns and seven interceptions. Wow. Yeah, he's the quarterback 11. I think just is Derrick Henry just scaring people away from Ryan Tannehill? That's got to be it, right? And he was missing Taylor Luan as starting left tackle almost all of last year as well. So he has Luan back. Uh, that That's a lot more uh, safety and comfortability in the pocket than a lot of people notice. So, and I think they just, oh, well, they still have Roger Saffold. I think they grabbed him last year, correct? Yes, he was on there last year. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Derek, all Derek Henry's going to do is pull more people into the box. I don't think it's a bad thing. Everybody wants to argue against run games, and I think they can be complimentary more than anything in fantasy. So, mm-hmm. I'm okay. I'm on board. Obviously, we're Titans fans here. So, take it with a grain of salt, listeners. Yeah, not to mention Tannehill runs his own fair share, especially touchdowns. And so what are you going to do? But you talked about Derrick Henry. He finished as the RB3 last year. That's in PPR. So remember, you still can be elite when you don't catch a ton of passes. His ADP is running back three. But Matt, you're you're toying with the idea of taking him number one overall. Is that correct? Uh, Before we dive all the way into Derrick Henry... How many rushing TDs do you think Tannehill ended with last year? Six. Seven. Mm. That's pretty tasty, I think, as a a quarterback. Seven TDs is a nice little boost to your Mm -hmm. every other week production, basically. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Derrick Henry, I think in standard, in my eyes, there's no question here. In standard, Derrick Henry should be the number one overall. He's a 2,000-yard rusher, two-year rushing champ in the NFL. Uh, no signs of slowing down. Only 20, he's 26, going to be 27 by the season? Maybe 27. He's right only now. played in three total. He's only played in three seasons, I think. This is going to yeah, be his fourth season, if I'm not mistaken. He takes a beating, but he's still young. And I mentioned, no signs of slowing down. Again, they got their left tackle. They're starting left tackle back. They're healthy. Their team is improved. If anything you want to argue now is that they added pieces in the passing game, which may take focus off Derrick Henry. It's going to be a well-balanced offense. This team's going to want to score points. I see it being mm-hmm. a great season. Barring injury, there's no reason he can't finish as high as any of the people in top three conversation. Okay, this is his. This will be his sixth season. I I was wrong. I'm sorry. Oh. 
but I, think I was me... already thinking ahead of you, but that, yeah, that sounds right. Immediately. <laughs> His average yards per rush from 2017 on 4.2, 4.9, 5.1, 5.4. That is uh, called an ascent, Matt. Okay. Mm-hmm. Extrapolate that. Okay. We're up six yards, six yards per carry, 17 games. We're going to see some records being broken. Um, yeah, if you he took gets a-, a lot of usage, but at the same time, it, w- it would be something if it was like Frank or man, he's getting a ton of usage and I'm just going to draft him for his 30 carries a game or some crap like that. But no, when he when he runs the ball, it's magical. He's mm-hmm. he's out like faster than D bags at times. He's stiff arming people into oblivion. And he's got some lateral moves, not as much lateral. Some guys, he's, but, uh, he's he makes ru- up for it. <laughs> he's ruining people's careers with his stiff arms. That's what yeah. he's doing. People don't want to tackle him because they don't want to be put on a poster. But I think the addition of Julio Jones helps Derrick Henry. I really do. Out of all the, I know this helps Tannehill. Obviously, I think it'll help AJ Brown. I think it helps Derrick Henry a lot because now it's like, what do you do? Um, Let's talk about those wide receivers in Tennessee. AJ Brown and Julio Jones are the two to know. AJ Brown right now is ADP wide receiver seven. Julio Jones is wide receiver fourteen. I I this may be a little bit of bias, but I like them both in fantasy this year. Yeah, I, I did a fantasy sip about Julio Jones, and I think it's ridiculous for people to start counting him out. Obviously, I think this passing game is going to be more than what people uh, think it is i don't think julio's over the hill i think given a healthy season which i understand is a big question mark and why he's getting drafted uh as late as he is he could be a steal he's been like end of first round early second round fantasy pick for as long as i remember and it's not like every year he justified that and this year why not? Why why is he dropping so far? Just because he's going to the Titans? No, he's going to get targeted. He's going to get his TDs. And A.J. Brown is just a stud, and he's ascending, so don't count mm-hmm. him out by any means. Do you think Ryan Tannehill can support two 100-catch receivers in this offense that obviously runs through Derrick Henry? Or do you think Derrick Henry's volume is going to come down a touch just to kind of save his body because he ran the ball 378 times last year. Um, AJ Brown finished with 70 catches last year, which is an improvement on his 52. So he's been more of an efficiency guy instead of a volume guy. But if we really think Brown and Jones are going to be wonderful on this offense and be the wide receiver seven and 14, they should be getting around a hundred catches. If not, they're 90. Do you think Tannehill can support both? Well, I guess, first of all, just to talk about A.J. Brown's efficiency is I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he led the league by a large margin on like yards like or broken first tackles. People that haven't tackled him at first contact, something crazy, um, which really spoke to how dominant he is after the ball's in his hands. He's huge. But, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that adds to it. Um, both of them getting 100 receptions is a bit of a stretch. I guess with Janu leaving, that vacates some receptions, which may gravitate their way. Corey so Davis. I, I still I still think we're looking at an average maybe in the 90s. 80, 85, 90. Yeah, I think right around 90. I can see him growing that much. I don't think they're both, both going to be over 100 receptions. I think they'll certainly both be around 115 targets. Yeah, that's that, and I'll take that. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, 115 targets would be more than AJ Brown got 
last year, he had 106. So yeah, maybe 100 was a lofty goal for me. Maybe in the 80, 90 range would be still really, really good. Um, quickly, would you take right now AJ Brown or DK Metcalf in a half PPR league if you're on the clock and you have to pick one or the other? I, my heart says AJ I know. Brown. Everything about my heart says <laughs> I know. AJ Brown. I know, and I know. The only thing that irks me a little bit about DK is he started getting a little diva queenie last year or whatever you want to call it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I kind of like, I want to lean towards AJ because he seems like a level-headed guy. Maybe that's all again biased, but I'll go DK just because I mm-hmm. like the situation better. Yeah. Um, AJ Brown or Justin Jefferson? Oh, these are toughies you're throwing out tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll still go AJ Brown. Me too. We're agreeing yeah. way too much right now. Um, would you take Julio Jones over either of the Buccaneers guys we're going to talk about in the second half of the show? Uh, Godwin and Evans. Yes, both of them. That was easier. Um, Anthony Ferkser, I know you want to talk about him, the tight end from um, Tennessee. Now that Janu is gone, you are looking at him to maybe slot right in there and get a bunch of catches, aren't you? Yeah, I think uh, he's a little bit underrated. I think this is his third season in the NFL, which we all, I think I say it once every episode. I think so too. <laughs> um, but he was pretty efficient with his catches last year. There were so many games where I was playing John who, and Tannehill would deliver a clutch, like third down pass at the markers to the tight end. I'm like, hell yeah, John who points. And it was Fersker. He has yeah, Tannehill's right, yeah. trust and he, He's not the same athlete that Johnu is, so don't draft Fersker thinking he's going to be Johnu. But what he's going to be is reliable. Um, I think utilized in third down situations. Anytime where the defense is keen on other studs in this offense, they're going to be using him. And I think he's gonna gonna get his targets. And with how late he's going, he's going to be a very high floor tight end, in my opinion. Very high floor. Let's talk Indianapolis Colts. They finished with a measly 11 and 5 record last year. What a joke of a team. Gross. That is. Um, second place 11 and 5. Titans were first place 11 and 5. You know, the Colts would have won that division had they not lost to Scott's Jaguars. So, bravo, Scott. Oh, man. <laughs> Carson Wentz is the quarterback of the future, maybe, for the Colts now that Phillip Rivers is gone. ADP is quarterback 21. He's going in the same range as like Tua, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, these younger guys. Um, I don't have a lot of interest in Carson Wentz from a fantasy perspective. Do you? No, I mean, I know he's had his seasons before, mainly when he was back in or early days in Philly. Uh, I'll keep my eye on him in the waiver wire. If this turns out to be a great fit, sure. I mean, I'm not above picking him up and throwing him, him in some spot starts. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor is a big name on the Colts. He is ADP running back six right now. Whoa, that is really high. Um, He finished with over 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns, plus he almost caught 300 yards worth of passes. He was really, really dominant. Um, Are you looking at Jonathan Taylor as a guy who's going to continue that second half of the season's success in Indianapolis? Uh, Or are you worried about anything? That comes along with them yeah i'm worried about marlon Mack still being there and him only playing in one game last season i know jonathan taylor is the future he is here, that future marlon Mack has proved that he is certainly competent in carrying the ball technically on his 
four attempts last year. He had a higher yards per attempt. <laughs> you say four. You say four attempts. <laughs> yeah, great um, attempts. I, I don't like the fact that Marlon Mack's back, and I think he's healthy right out of the gates this year. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Danny. Um, I also don't like that Naheem Hines is there yeah. stealing the lion's share of the catches out of the backfield. Yeah, I, I get it. I guess Jordan Wilkins is there if you want to really muddy the waters <laughs> his uh his weird streaming weeks or whatever not nah, i think I'm, those those days are over i don't love jonathan taylor this year because of the other pieces and the questions about indy's offense um in general he helped me a lot last year uh he think he helped me win a title and i really want to love jonathan taylor but yeah the marlon mack re-signing bothers me he and and I don't think it should because I do believe that Jonathan Taylor is going to get the line share of carries this year. I think that they saw what he can do. They drafted him to be that guy, and he showed that he could. So I think he's going to get a lot of volume. I just feel like I'm going to get my heart broken at a certain time. I feel like his ceiling is just a little bit limited compared to the guys he's going around. Like, who would you take right now? And I know, I'm, I think I'm hitting him, knocking him out of the park right now, but Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley? And I know you're not a Saquon Barkley fan. But yeah, that's, that's tough, tough for one. me. That's very tough. I, I mean, Saquon, uh, his workload, I think, is just so much more guaranteed. And mm-hmm. I, might, I might go Saquon there. As much what as about want to say. Uh, Jonathan Taylor or Aaron Jones if Aaron Rodgers is back in Green Bay? That's also a tough one because I really like Aaron Jones. I did a fancy sip on him if... Rodgers is back. I'm a big Aaron Jones fan. And he's proven that he can do it on multiple years. And without Jamal Williams there, I feel like that's tough. I, I, would you draft John? I mean, I'll still draft Jonathan Taylor in the end of the first round, though. Yeah, I think the upside is there, even though you said he has a li- limited ceiling. He he came back strong. He I guess he was on the COVID list the week they played the Titans in week 11. And then after that, he really turned it on towards the end of the season. Um, and his, like his last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he had over 250 yards rushing and just blew it out of the water. So that really padded his stats Two TDs and three out of the last five games he played in, which helped his stats again before that he had one game, barely over a hundred yards and some real dwindlers, um, like against Detroit 22 yards, zero TDs against that defense last year. Never had more than two TDs the whole first half of the season. So I guess, do you believe that end of the year, Jonathan Taylor is what you're getting coming back around, even with Marlon Mack added back into the mix? I'm struggling to take that last five-game sample size and just pin it to this year, given the re-addition of Marlon Mack. Like, I feel like that's what I'm doing, though, with Cam Akers. Um, I'm looking at Cam Akers in L.A. and saying the end of the year, that's what you're going to be for sure. And I like you cam makers for this reason, but I think this really does come down to Marlon Mack. And I don't know why I'm giving Marlon Mack so much credit, but this just seems like a scenario where he's going to get way more carries than he should. Naeem Hines will catch all the passes and I'll be like bummed out. Anyway, we're spending. Rams, it, it, I mean, they still have Daryl Henderson there, but at least they dropped uh, Malcolm Brown. So at least they're thinning their running back group, I guess, which I think lends a little bit of uh, trust to Cam Akers being the guy. Mm-hmm. That's not happening here. And that's what kind of irks me about the situation. 
we spend all this time on Jonathan Taylor, and I feel like me and you didn't get the fans anywhere closer to understanding what they should do. <laughs> the answer comes... <laughs> is you're gonna get screwed either. Believe your believe in yourself. Okay, that's the answer. The pass catchers in Indianapolis are Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton. Pittman is going as a wide receiver 46 right now. Hilton behind him at 51. Who would you rather have? They're going relatively similar territory. I'm actually on the T.Y. Hilton side this year compared to Michael Pittman. Not again, Danny. I know. I'm going to let him do this to me again. There's no doubt about it. I'm ready to get hurt again. This is what's hilarious about everybody talking about like the Titans not being a passing team. T.Y. Hilton had their most targets and most yards on the Colts last year, and he had less targets, less receptions, less yards than A.J. Brown, um, and probably less of all three of those than Corey Davis. I don't feel like bringing the back, that back up, though. <laughs> but it's very spread out here. Actually, somebody you didn't mention was Zach Pascal. He actually oh, ended with... Yeah. He ended up with the second most targets, second most receptions, and second most yards. Like He was their number two receiver last year. Um, Pittman didn't do a whole lot, but I think Pittman's ceiling is certainly a lot higher than Zach Pascoe. What about I, I, uh, Paris Campbell, too? He's returning. Yeah, I uh, he didn't play too He's much. He's a slot year, guy, so, I yeah. think. Which it just seems which like a crowded be. field. Yeah, it's a crowded field, and I guess last year is hard to uh, extrapolate that that spreading of targets because Philip Rivers is gone now, and they got Carson Wentz in, but Carson Wentz never seemed like a latch on to one guy type of quarterback either so i don't see that changing much ty hilton <laughs> i last year was like i've been burned before i, I want to get burned again and i think he burned me on at least one team again yeah and i'm i'm done i think i'm done for good now maybe Pittman in the last pick of my draft but i think he's going unsigned in a lot of fantasy drafts isn't he yeah both of them are depending especially in the 10 team leagues it's just there's going to be fantasy value in the wide receiving core of indianapolis there's going to be people that catch the passes i if you're going to have to you know plant your flag you're gonna have to pick one though at the draft or don't do it at all and then just see what how the chips fall and then pick it up from there but if you're going to plant your flag somewhere for me it would be hilton just because i know he has done it in the past i don't know with with how it's spread out if it's the same kind of spread as it was last year yeah i guess the targets have to go somewhere but you're gonna have to pick your weeks on who's the guy that week ty hilton was their leader last year and ty hilton not only has he always been a boom or bust certain weeks type guy but especially when he's only getting 93 targets, 56 receptions and 762 yards and five TDs. That's not an every week starter that there's no way you can extrapolate that into an every week starter. So something's got to change here. It's true. Are you excited about Jack Doyle or, or Mo Alley Cox this year in fantasy drafts, or are you just keeping an eye on him? Uh, Doyle kind of keeps like popping into my interest at times. And I don't know why. And same with Mo Ali Cox, but I think every time they pop into like my radar and I look at them a little bit closer, there's nothing to see. On a, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm there's going nothing elsewhere. to see. Uh, the Houston Texans finished the year four and twelve, despite Deshaun Watson being amazing. Let's talk quarterback situation, Matt. I'm going to assume that Deshaun Watson's not going to be there, unless you want to spend more time on the situation. I'm going to assume this is going to be the Tyrod Taylor show. What do you think? Yeah, let's just make that assumption right now. Yeah, and then for that reason, I'm not, I'm not interested in Tyrod Taylor from a fantasy perspective, but I guess he influences influences the rest of of the team because he's there. Um, David Johnson, 
ADP running back 33. So you're talking like your third running back, uh, maybe even fourth, depending. He was running back 21 last year. Did you know that? That's neat. Yeah, that's for David right. Johnson. Yeah, he's 29 years old this year. He should be the lead dog in a crowded running back room with Philip Lindsay, Rex Burkhead, and Mark Ingram. But I heard rumors that Mark Ingram may be a cut candidate off of this team somehow. So, running backs in Houston, I think this team is going to be worse without Deshaun Watson. So, the scoring opportunities are going to be low. But still, I feel like David Johnson has value because I think he's going to get the volume and I think he can catch a lot of passes. I don't know what he can do with them. I don't think touchdowns are going to be there. But I think especially in half and full PPR, David Johnson could catch a lot of passes and be very valuable. I don't know. I think the fact that they added in Philip Lindsay and Rex Burkhead just screamed that they want to they want to bring in veteran experience and veteran talent and just let it flush out with whoever is being productive on the field, especially if Ingram stays. That's four guys that I think anybody could have the hot hand that we can be getting the carries. I, I don't want to touch this. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I guess I'll, I'll say there's one guy on this team that I kind of want to touch, and you're probably about to mention him for wide receivers. You got to touch him? Touch him anywhere touch you want. Him. Touch him hard. <laughs> touch him wherever you want, bub. That's Brandon Cooks, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Did I nail it? So let's talk about the wide receivers in Houston. There's Brandon Cooks. There's Randall Cobb. Remember that guy? Chris Conley. Kiki Cutie, and then the rookie Nico Collins, who's getting a lot of hype as well. That's a lot of names I just said for a poor offense that at least we project with an aging quarterback. But I agree with you. Brandon Cooks does seem like a bright spot. He finished as a wide receiver 17 last year. Right now, 80 be 38. Over 100, oh, I'm sorry, not 100, over 1,000 yards in five of his seven seasons. In seven seasons, he's been on like five teams, <laughs> but he's only 27 years old. What do you like about Brandon Cooks? Just the, the, the wide receiver core around him. Basically. <laughs> he's the best of a bad bunch. You said, uh, you said you got him going 38. I have him sitting right at 40. So that's, I guess, fourth round and 10, somewhere in the third and 12. There's, if you're drafting anyone around him, you're drafting a little bit more. I guess upside Antonio Brown, Marquise Brown. Then uh, you get into like the Pittmans and the Chenaults. A little bit before him, uh, if they fall, I really like guys like Cortland Sutton and Debo Samuel a lot more. He's in a weird little like group of people where I have to get a wide receiver. I like the volume that and his, I guess, his veteran leadership that's going to be needed there and the volume he's going to see. I like it. Or the draft spot, but I'm really, I'm not targeting him. I guess I'll say that much. Yeah. Like I'm in the same boat. None of these guys, like, I don't think this team is going to score many points. How many points do you think they're going to score in a given week? I don't think they're gonna be able to move the ball that frequently to really give me that much value. Uh, maybe Brandon cooks as a wide receiver four. I would be interested in that. He is the leader on this team. That's that's it. That's all I got, though. Jordan Akins is the tight end there. No interest from me. Any interest from you before we move on? No. This this team could be um, my power ranking 32 team yeah, at the moment. I agree. Let's talk about Scott's Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, sounds good, guys. Uh, they finished 1-15 last year. 
but they started one and oh nobody can take that away from them they mm-hmm. beat the colts and that helped the titans so we're best friends trevor lawrence uh jacksonville jesus is what i'm gonna name him that sounds really good and i just thought of that off the top of my head oh did you yeah yeah i did if you can grow a beard that'd be cool uh elite talent he can run the ball first overall pick pretty much the most hyped quarterback since Andrew Luck or maybe Joe Burrow. But rookie quarterbacks tend to have not exceedingly great fantasy years. So what do you think of Trevor Lawrence drafting this year? Yeah, I won't be snatching him unless he's available super late as maybe a a late quarterback too that I want his upside on my bench while I let somebody who has a solid floor and a good starting start of the year match starting of the year matchups whatever i'm trying to say yeah uh, l- let him play a few weeks and see what trevor lawrence does and if he if he is floundering in his rookie year he's gonna get the axe and i'm gonna pick up another high upside uh waiver wire snag and see what goes on there yeah and like it's so weird to say because i think he's gonna be amazing in a couple of years i think we're gonna be talking about him on top five quarterback he's gonna have a great career he's gonna have a good season i think but from a fantasy drafting perspective right now no, there's other proven guys around that same draft range. But Danny, he has Marvin Jones. Hey, you know I love Marvin Jones, Scott. You know I love him. So, well, let's talk. Let's talk about running backs, so I don't, I don't lose track of who we've talked about, like I did with Najee Harris <laughs> a couple of, like a week ago. Uh, James Robinson and Travis Etienne. James Robinson is going running back 22 right now, and Etienne's going 31. They could be closer together depending on the format. We were robbed of the James Robinson 2021 season by the Jacksonville Jaguars picking Etienne 25th overall. What what do you do now? Who do you prefer and why? Where do you think James Robinson would be going right now if they didn't draft any running backs? I think he'd be going in like the... Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift range. Just because Jacksonville isn't a great team. Do you think it'd be higher than that? You think it'd be like the Aaron Jones territory? It'd be right above those guys you just mentioned. After mm-hmm. Aaron Jones, or those guys. So where is he now? Where do you where would you take him now? Miles Sanders versus James Robinson. I'd take James Robinson. I, I'm just not a Miles Sanders guy this year. Too much burn <laughs> in the past. There is somebody right next to James Robinson who I've been talking up this year, and that's Miles Gaskin. I was gonna that was gonna be my next one was Robinson or Gaskin. There's Miles Gaskin, and then a little bit after him is Mike Davis. And I think those guys, I, I love their ceilings. I love their their depth charts around them. I love I love what they've been able to do in the past and what opportunity is there for them this year. And the addition of Etienne just really scares me in Jacksonville, and it would probably keep me away from drafting him around there. Yeah. I think Etienne's going to be the passing down back right out of the gate. I think Robinson's going to get a lot of carries, but I think also halfway through the season, we're going to see a change of the guard. So it may be one of those things where if James Robinson's doing really well beginning of the year, maybe try to send him away and get some good stuff for the playoffs. That's what I think. Draft Robinson, try to deal him. Some Chubb Hunt like light situation here. I'm thinking more like Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, where <laughs> they're going to swap places just because of the capital that was given. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
it doesn't matter how good Gordon was, is I think that Javante is going to take it over and just like, I think it's going to be similar here. The wide receiving core in Jacksonville, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, and Marvin Jones. Uh, Chark is going wide receiver 30. That's the highest. Chenault's 47, and Marvin Jones down there at 53. Which of these guys stands out to you? I don't really want any of them. Um, I think <laughs> I really like Chark back in 19, helped out some of my teams, but uh, Chenault sure, certainly showed some flashes last year, and Marvin Jones has just been around forever, and you know that he's talented. And I like that they have weapons to put around Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know who is going to be his favorite and who's going to be the best fit with him and how the utilization is going to happen, and I think I'm staying away. I think I am too. If I would have to pick one, I think it would be Chenault. I think he's the most talented of this group. But we just have to see who Trevor Lawrence is going to prefer. Um, and for that reason, I'll probably dip out on them as well. Let's talk tight end in Jacksonville before we go to break, Matt. Oh, gosh. I didn't even write down the actual top uh, depth chart tight end in Jacksonville. Do you have it listed? Because I wrote Tim Tebow with a bunch of question marks. That's the only guy I wanted to talk about. Um, I, I'm and we don't even a litany of players, and they got Chris Manhurts listed at the top. Oh, geez. And they got Luke Farrell, Tyler Davis, James O'Shaughnessy, and oh, O'Shaughnessy. Ben. That that guy was something. It looks like he came from New England off waivers. Um, and then right after all those guys I mentioned, we got the big name, Mr. Tim Tebow. Yeah, what are the chances he makes the team? What's the, what are the chances he plays for Jacksonville week one? Oh, to sell enough jerseys? Yeah, on an active 70, 70%. Yeah, 70%. Get butts can, in those seats. I can see it. There's no, there's no happen. fantasy value here. I'm, mean, we're not saying that there is. There is no fantasy value here. Okay, but oof. Yeah, you can, you can watch the waiver wire if you guys want on Manhurts O'Shaughnessy or Tebow, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen this year. Yeah. Well, Matt, let's take a break before we get into the NFC South. Let everyone go to the bathroom, uh, get a beer, but not from the bathroom. Go get a beer. Go to the bathroom. Go pick up a Tim Tebow jersey. If you go to the bathroom, then get a beer. But the way I said it was go get a beer. No, go to the bathroom and get a beer. But not that you keep your beer in the bathroom. If you do, that's a pretty rad bathroom, though. All right. If you don't get confused while getting your beer and using the bathroom (laughs) during the break, then join us for the second half here. (laughs) Stick around, I guess. Hey everybody, Ty here with Dan and Tone from the Upper Decker Podcast. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Chumps to Champs. These guys absolutely kill it when it comes to fantasy football, and I'd be willing to bet that if you're uh, you're a football fan, there's a good chance you follow baseball as well. And if that's the case, we want you to finish up this episode and then head on over to the Upper Decker Podcast. We cover all things baseball, so whether you want to hear about the latest on-the-field action, listen to breakdowns of trades and signings, or learn about some crazy baseball history, we've got a little something for everyone. We are going to drop some knowledge on you and hopefully give you a few laughs in the process. If you want to check us out, we're available on all your streaming platforms. We'd also encourage you to follow us at Upper Decker Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Hope you check us out and enjoy the rest of this episode of Chumps to Champs. Woo!
Welcome back, everyone. Fantasy football podcast. The fantasy football podcast. That's true. It is the fantasy football podcast. I just forgot to mention Chumps to Champs. Oh, Danny. You're so bad at that. (laughs) Shut up, Scott. (laughs) Take it easy, guy. Uh, Matt, yes or no? Did you get your beer from the bathroom like I told you? No. I messed up and got a whiskey. Nerd. Oh, that does sound good, though. You know, down in Florida, I started drinking a lot more gin than uh than whiskey actually a little side note i was i had a seen a lot of people drinking a a cocktail called a negroni i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly um but it's gin campari and like sweet red vermouth and and then like i think an orange garnish and I'm very interested in this and I want to try it. So I went to the grocery store today because I was picking up uh, Papa Murphy's pizza, which is a separate amazing thing that we should talk about sometime. Mm-hmm. Ordered my Papa Murphy's, hopped in the grocery store. I was like, I'm going to buy some Campari so I can make this damn thing that looks amazing. And they had the, the spot with the tag for Campari and zero bottles in it. And mm. it's one of those things where you're just like, I'm excited. I'm going I'm to do something for myself. I'm going to get something I want to try. I was going to have it on the air tonight. Mm. Uh, no dice. But uh, all that's to say is I love me some gin. gin. It's a versatile liquor. You can use it for a lot of different things. Love me a, a dry Manhattan with a couple olives. Or sorry, mm-hmm. a dry martini with a couple of olives. And or, uh, you know, just even like your old like gin and seltzer. Some lime. Is Campari a uh, thinly shredded fish? Because that's what it sounds like it is. No, when you Campari. said Campari, that's what I thought was like, like on, like a, <laughs> like like paint, like on like a toothpick that you stick into a drink. That's no, gross. It's a, it's a, it's a very distinct liquor. It's a, I guess it's considered an aperitif, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> but uh, it's an infusion of herbs and fruit and alcohol and water. It is a bitters characterized by its dark red color so like with all my with uh, i'm a big fan of like angostura bitters which are big in like manhattans and old fashions and a lot of whiskey drinks um i assume this is just a a, a bitters but a more watered down version of that i don't know i want to try it i want to make mm-hmm. me a negroni if you're a listener and you've had one and you want to tell me if they suck or if they're amazing before i actually get a chance to buy this please tweet me email me yell at me whatever you have to do well let's get into the nfc south and talk about the 2020 champs the new orleans saints they went 12 and 4 they lost to tampa bay in the divisional round drew Brees is gone matt and what we've got waiting in the wings is either Jameis winston or Taysom hill who do you think will be the starting quarterback there I think it's going to be Jameis Winston, and I think he is going to be a super value in fantasy this year. I haven't been targeting him in a lot of my mocks because honestly, I don't even know if he's going in them until super, super late. But he's had such uh do you have a stats up? He's had huge season passing before. Yeah. I know that he's had his interception woes. That's not anything we're going to hide underneath a rock. So did Brett Favre. Okay. And everyone loves <laughs> Brett Favre. Uh, he has people like Michael Thomas to throw the ball to. I think they're going to let him sling here. I think it could be really good. And what you're getting him at in a draft is, I don't know, it's, say, oh, 
like no draft capital literally no draft capital here like grab him this could be huge here well last year when drew Brees went down both these guys were on the team the new orleans saints chose Taysom hill to be the replacement so it makes me nervous because this situation happened in the middle of the season and they chose hill oh for the middle record. of the season it happened and they chose a the guy who's been with the team longer and can do more without extensive game planning can do more just like they paid him wise. they paid him four years 140 yeah, million the, to stay the, the pain is scary the same as like what i said with the only thing that scares me about Kenyon drake is how much he got paid but if you look past the pay i think Jameis winston is the guy here with a full off season to actually develop a game plan and utilize his talents in the passing game. I don't see how they go with Taysom Hill. If they go with Taysom Hill, I have no interest fantasy-wise. If it's a solid Jameis Winston is the starter, I like it a lot. The, the scary thing is when they get in the red zone, I can, even if Jameis Winston is the main starter, I can see some Taysom Hill packages kind of stealing mm-hmm. some TDs on the ground. Yeah, I'm not big on either one of them because of the unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. But Alvin Kamara, what I do know, Matt, is that Alvin Kamara is a rock star. Mm. And he is going ADP running back four right now behind McCaffrey, Cook, and Henry. Uh, He finished as the RB1 last year. He finished as a top dog. I mean, a lot of that had to do with that six-touchdown performance in the fantasy championship. But... (laughs) Over 1,300 total yards in each of his first four seasons. His reception totals in those four seasons, 81, 81, 81, 83. Now, he's going to be amazing, um, but is there a little bit of nervousness with Drew Brees being gone? Not a ton here. I think he's, he's pretty safe. I, I don't know what else to say. He's, he's a talented guy. He's, he always has that he'll linger in like, the just below 100 in both receiving and rushing in game. So you're going to miss out on bonuses if you're a bonus heavy league. So that's something to consider. Um, mm-hmm. But there's not much to not like here. He's getting, he had one more target than AJ Brown last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gotta like that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I think he's amazing. I, I think he is every day he inches himself closer to that uh, top three territory that, like I said, McCaffrey, Cook, and Henry kind of are staying in, and there's a little bit of a gap, and there's Camara. I think that gap is shrinking for me. And if you want to draft Camara anywhere in the top three, you're not wrong. And I will say that this is just a little learned about myself moment. Last year, early in the offseason, I had Alvin Kamara as my number one running back, and that did not jive with a lot of other rankings and projections out there. And eventually I moved him down because other people's arguments were were getting to me. And Danny, you just said he finishes the number one overall. Um, maybe I should have gone with my gut there and kept mm-hmm. him as in my number one overall. So it's just telling you listeners, don't listen to the crap that spews out of our mouth. If you have a strong feeling otherwise, if you got a gut feeling, sometimes go with it. Yeah, what the hell do we know? Uh, Latavius Murray, though, good value. I mean, he's one of the strongest backups in the league. And if you're interested in handcuffing someone else's player or your own player, you could do worse than Latavius Murray because he has shown that he can take <laughs> that sentence was going to be he can take a big load. <laughs> I mean, like a lot of a lot of carries. 
uh, in case of emergencies. Pass catchers. The big one in New Orleans is Michael Thomas. Um, wide receiver 9 ADP right now. He's going right behind Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown right in that territory. Um, last year, injury plagued. Only played in seven games. Did not score a touchdown. But before that, he had at least 120 targets and 1,100 yards in each of his first four seasons. Broke records in 2019. Matt, are you calling for the comeback for Michael Thomas? I mean, if he's not injury plugged, yeah, his numbers are going to go up this year. I think you mentioned all those seasons. He was great before this, but everything was trending up each one of those seasons. And that's why I was so high on him. Um, if, if he didn't have those injury woes last year, there's a chance they turned it up again. And if he's completely healthy, I know the quarterback situation is different, but all, all the, the talent and the specs are there. Great catch radius, great talent all around. And he was always really good on intermediate passes because Drew Brees love those. So we know anybody, I know Jameis Winston likes to just heave ho, but if he wants to be a little more cautious <laughs> on his interceptions, he has Michael <laughs> Thomas there. He, he can help himself that way. Michael <laughs> to be just incredible value because I think he could bounce back this year. Yeah, I was down on him. I think we talked about this on the other show. I was down on him. He's just creeping higher and higher up, and um, he's in my top 10 now. He may go even higher than that because the potential is there. Traquan Smith is a guy who has not shown much yet, but he's a vertical threat. He can catch the deep ball, and we know that Hill and Winston can throw bombs, so he's a late-round flyer for me. Um, just to see what happens. He's going to be the wide receiver two on that team. I know Alvin Kamara will probably catch, you know, the second most passes, maybe the most passes. So he's probably the second best pass catcher on the team. But I like Traquan Smith. Do you have any interest in him? I feel like he's been like the flyer for two or three years now. Um, is he ever yep. going to do it? Yeah. yeah he, he had will. a whole year without Michael Thomas there last year, and he did. Drew Brees's Drew Brees' shoulder was not he wasn't in the throwing bombs kind of mood anymore, but you know Jameis Winston can't help himself. And if you're projecting Jameis Winston to be the guy, he's gonna throw bombs. So I think it yeah, can happen. I don't know. I mean those bombs still have to <laughs> land somewhere near him. <laughs> right. Uh Adam Troutman is the tight end um number one on the team. There's a lot of hype in the fantasy community about Adam Troutman because Jared Cook and Josh Hill are both gone, so he's the de facto starting tight end. And from what I read, Matt, Adam Troutman is a really good blocker, so he's probably going to be on the field a ton. Um, any interest in him if you are waiting on your tight end as a breakout guy? I haven't heard this hype yet. I kind of like it, but is Adam Troutman, did he play in the XFL? I, I don't know that. I know I, I know he went to, uh, I'm pretty sure he's a Dayton flyer. I know that. I think this is his third year, fourth year. But I don't know if he played in the XFL. Was he a battle hawk and we didn't even know it? I don't think he was a battle. I remember him from like my XFL fantasy football draft. And he was like the big guy in there. But it could have been a different Troutman or just a name that was similar. Either <laughs> way, because of that vague connection. I'm all for it, Danny. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's move on to them. They finished 11 and 5 on the year, and you may remember they won the Super Bowl. They are bringing back a lot of the same cast as the Super Bowl winning 2020 season. Tom Brady leads us off. 44 year old Tom Brady, ADP is quarterback nine right now. He's going around the Jalen Hurts, Aaron Rodgers territory. 
All of his weapons are returning, and even at age 43, he threw for 4,600 yards and 40 touchdowns. Threw the ball over 600 times last year as a 43-year-old. What do you think of Tom Brady this year? Every single year, I say the wheels are coming off. The wheels are coming off. He's getting too old. He's getting too old, and it's just not true. And then he wins the Super Bowl. So what the hell do I know? I mean... Yeah, I said it earlier in the year. Nothing looks bad here besides age. Nothing looks bad. He... He threw for more yards than he's thrown for in like 10 years. <laughs> I think in 2012, he threw for 4,800, and last year he threw for 4,600. He had a torn MCL too there, Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah, torn MCL. <laughs> Whatever. Get out there. of here. Um, his usage is up. He has weapons all around him. He's Nothing shows signs of slowing down his completion percentage was better than it's been in a couple or i guess than last year the the previous year and he looked fine on the field he didn't look terrible well he played through a freaking injury at 42 years old allegedly What's, allegedly <laughs> it's um, still it's really incredible i i don't know i just yeah. it's a very boring pick so it's hard to do in fantasy drafts from a fantasy for, for fantasy perspective you have a limited ceiling, I guess, but if that ceiling is limited to 4,600 yards passing and 40 yeah. TDs, yeah. that's not a bad ceiling to be limited to. Right. The age is the biggest concern here, but when you, you got receivers that are going back-to-back in, what, the second round? Yeah. And then a tight end like Gronk, who's going to be a threat in the red zone. Um, Antonio Brown, who's mm-hmm. going late, but has all the talent in the world. And a running back core that nobody knows who's going to be the starter because they're all decent enough for it. This offense is going to score points. <laughs> that's no the thing. That that's the thing. There's going to be a lot of touchdowns to be scored, and they're building this offense and scheming the offense around Tom Brady, so he's not going to have to get touched. That's the whole idea. Mm-hmm. I'm just. I. It's one of those things. I do. I don't want to draft Tom Brady this year, but I should, and so should you. At a certain point, so don't feel shamed when people jeer you for picking Tom Brady because it's a good pick, even though it feels gross. You touched on the backfield. Let's talk about Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones. Uh, Ronald Jones right now going ADP twenty nine. Fournette right behind him at thirty two. They are. This is a absolutely split backfield. Uh, Fournette led in targets and snaps. Jones led in like rushing attempts. Uh, Fournette looked really good in the playoffs, and they just re-signed him for another year for four million dollars. If you have to hitch your, you're all about the horse uh, analogies. So if you have to hitch your horse to the barn, which what I'd say, Danny, is there's two other horses in this race that you haven't even mentioned yet. Gio Bernard, I know, is one of them. Gio right? Bernard just got signed there, and then Keyshawn Vaughn is only in his second oh, right. year there. That's right, Keyshawn Vaughn. So, with with two guys who couldn't just decide who was better last year, unclear or whatever. I have certainly no faith in Ronald Jones going where he's going in the drafts. I think he's going way too early, uh, and I don't want to touch any of it any of these other guys because they're not clear-cut number ones on this team either i think it's going to be a muddled mess and i'm out i'm out you out yeah yeah i think if i had to pick one i'd pick Fournette. um i'd be i don't know though 
I don't I don't like that. I would pick Fournette though out of the two because I think he is a better back. But talk about crowded. You talked about the crowded wide receiving court too, but Mike Evans is going ADP 13 right now in half PPR. Godwin is going ADP 16 for wide receivers. Antonio Brown all the way down there at wide receiver 42. I People tend to stay away from the Edwin, Edwins and Godwin during drafts in like the third round because of the other one. But there is value there, especially if Tom Brady stays throwing the way he is. They're both really, really good wide receivers. Do you prefer one to the other? And you can't say neither. You got some stats for me here, Danny? Okay, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, Evans last year, 70 catches for just over 1,000 yards and 13 touchdowns. Uh, he played in all 16 games. Godwin only played in 12 games, though. Um, 65 catches, just five less. 840 yards and seven touchdowns. He was on pace for about 80, 85 receptions and just over 1,100 yards. And he's going, I don't know how, a couple spots behind Evans. I'm on the Chris Godwin train this year. I really think he's going to have a great year. If he would have stayed healthy, he would have had an unbelievable year with Tom Brady. If I have to pick one of these guys, it's Godwin for me. Yeah, really the only thing that uh, trumps with Evans is yards per reception. I guess that might mean because he comes down with a lot of deep balls. Um, but when you look at, if you think that means production, that's not necessarily true. Um, because Godwin does have a much better catch percentage uh, and also has a, a very respectable yards per reception. And if you extrapolate out, he beats out Mike Evans. He's younger. I think everything points to Godwin here if I had to pick one or the other. You mentioned Antonio Brown, late round flyer. You could do a lot worse than the Antonio Brown, but I'm going to do a who would you choose, okay? okay? Antonio Brown or Marquise Brown? Ooh, that's tough because they're going right next to each other. I think I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Yep. Um, I think I'm going to go Marquise Brown. That's weird. That's the difference feel is good. the receiving core and the age, I guess. Marquise Brown's only his third year. His stats have been increasing each year in almost every category. He's on the uptrend and he's in line to get a lot of targets. Antonio Brown is 32 or maybe 33 now in a crowded receiving core. And I, I just don't see him getting the lion's share of anything there. I think he's just going to keep his hat down after the, the crazy Antonio Brown years of our past and get, try to get himself another Super Bowl ring. Antonio Brown or Curtis Samuel? Yeah, kind of want to go Curtis Samuel here. Yeah, I think I so too. I, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> Do we? Does any of us? And uh, Antonio Brown or uh, the guy we talked about earlier, Brandon Cooks? I'll go Brandon Cooks there just because he's the wide receiver one and Brown's the third one on the team. Yeah, I think, again, it's a depth chart issue, and I think I think I will go with that. Any interest in Rob Gronkowski, the 32-year-old? I mean, he's got to be ADP tight end 11. I mean, he's a red zone threat. He doesn't get a ton of targets. O.J. Howard is still there, but he's got that Tom Brady connection, so there's value there, right? Absolutely. And, well, they not only have O.J. Howard, but they... You still have Cameron Brait, don't they? I think Brait is ahead of OJ Howard. I thought that Brait. Well, nope, he's still for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. Well, there you have it. You're right. So it's crowded, but it was also crowded last year. And everybody remembers Gronk in the Super Bowl, but Gronk had some very no, no, no production weeks. So if you want a solid floor tight end, 
who has week-to-week production, I don't think this is a team to look at. I agree. Let's talk Carolina Panthers, Matt. They went 5-11, and obviously missed the playoffs, but they got a new quarterback there. Teddy Bridgewater's out. Sam Darnold is in. Sam Darnold is going to breathe new life without Adam Gase breathing down his neck and weighing him down. Um, could be a good fit here in Carolina. I like Sam Darnold, the quarterback for the Panthers. I don't really have a ton of interest in fantasy other than to watch and potentially stream. What do you think? Uh, same, same Z's. I think he obviously had talent. I remember the first like game he got plugged in on the Jets. I was like, this guy, he could be something. And then the Jets did their Jets thing. So I I don't want to count him out as an NFL quarterback because of his time with the Jets. Right. I think that's unfair. So, right. Certainly, I'd like to see what he can do here. And it's definitely not the worst receiving core in the league. So he has some pieces and it helps when you have Christian McCaffrey keeping the, the other side of the ball honest. So he can mm-hmm. do well. Christian McCaffrey uh, was injured last year, but the year before that, he outscored everybody by over 100 fantasy points he was unbelievable the year before that an elite again he's going average 101 uh christian mccaffrey is just a stud um returning he's involved heavily in the passing game tons of touchdowns he's who i would take right now at the 101 you can argue dalvin cook you can argue henry you can argue camara but for me He's my one one. Um, Matt, what are you I know that you are dabbling in other people though, but what do you think of Christian McCaffrey in a positive way? Because it can only be positive. Yeah, I think you touched on the big positive things. Uh, a, a couple of years back, he was just phenomenal in fantasy. Um, but things have changed since then. Uh shit, I mean, his last big year they still had R- Rivera as their head coach, right? Yeah. Last year he was gone. We didn't really see too much of what Christian McCaffrey would be in the new scheme, but I'm sure he still would have been the feature. Um, but now we have a new quarterback. We have to play game plan around that too, as much as you want a game plan around Christian McCaffrey. And I I'm scared. I'm too scared. <laughs> I think with people like Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook, they're so solidified in that team's game plan and that team's identity and that team's everything. Um and there's not as many moving parts. Yeah, Titans have a new OC. I don't think there's much, any coaching changes in Minnesota, but I could be wrong on that. I, I think those guys are just my one-two, and the McCaffrey's after it, and I know that's going to make me miss out on him in a lot of drafts, and I think I'm okay with that right now. You just said stick with your guns, like the Camara thing last year. So, Yeah. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are the top two wide receivers in Carolina. You also got Terrace Marshall out of LSU who got drafted this past year uh, in the NFL drafts, and he's supposed to be really great too. A lot of good wide receivers here. Um, DJ Moore's going wide receiver 24. Anderson's 34. Robbie Anderson has the Sam Darnold connection from his Jets days. I don't know what that means because in the Jets days, Robbie Anderson was a deep bomb guy. <laughs> And last year he was like a short yardage guy, so he can do it all. So I don't know what he's going to be, but Darnold knows that he's going to be downfield. So maybe that's what he's going to turn into. Do you have a preference out of any of these guys for where they're going? I feel like I've been saying it all night, but another receiving core that I'm kind of staying away from. Not too keen on any of these, any of these guys. 
Yeah, I was big on DJ Moore last year. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes when you're just really big on a guy who doesn't do a ton, it kind of burns you the next year, even if you didn't get like scorched by him. Yeah, he got over 1,100 yards passing, and four, but the four touchdowns doesn't do much. Robbie he Anderson pretty decent on like uh wide receiver rankings, right? Like yeah. Teens, I think. Maybe yeah, maybe twenty teens, yeah. I thought it was low teens. A- Anderson, ninety-five catches for over a thousand yards. I think out of these guys, I think I would take Anderson this year. Maybe that connection to Darnold, I'm probably hyping up too much. But I mean s- similar yardage, more catches. Uh, I guess I'll take him. I think I'm going to go with the Darnold to D. Arnold connection. Oh, how about that? Dan Arnold, former Arizona Cardinals, now the Carolina Panther. Darnold to Darnold. I can't can't handle that emotionally. So, Um, Anything else in Carolina you want to talk about before we move on? Not really. I I still don't think this is going to be the most electric offense, even with the hell... Christian McCaffrey, and that's a, that's another reason why I'm staying away from him. But I'll I'll be pleasantly proved wrong if not. Right. Atlanta Falcons finished four and twelve last year. Uh, Matt Ryan is still at the helm, still slinging that rock, Matt. And you are named after him, is that right? You Matt. are Matt Ryan, and he is Matt Ryan. Uh, my first and middle name are Matthew Ryan, so. Um, I don't know if my parents uh, knew that he was going to be born when they named him. But <laughs> <laughs> I That'd don't... be crazy if they knew. <laughs> he's thirty. He's thirty-six years old. He's thirty-six. Yeah. So he's got uh, five years on me. So if my parents knew that the five-year-old Matt Ryan was <laughs> do I born... did I hear your your smoke alarm? Yeah, I believe there's a smoke alarm. <laughs> that needs to be ch- you know you should change those uh you should check this once a week matt according once to the fire week? marshal yeah fire no marshal says you ch- you're supposed to check your fire alarms once a week Who is that right uh, i mean i guess Sa- safety is premier in everything <laughs> safety is the most important but who <laughs> checks their fire detectors oh I, I swear uh it says it on there because i just changed mine a couple days ago and on it says check once a week. Nah, get out of here. I'm not getting on. You think on a ladder for some of them in my house. Like, okay, they're up there. Anywho, so everyone just be on board with hearing Matt's fire alarm. No one all. I do. I do have to say that I heard something pretty interesting recently about why they always seem to go off in the middle of the night. And it's something about how your house is cooler in the middle of the night. And it like something with the batteries, I guess. And like when it's cooler in the house, like something with the you should look it up yourself. But there okay. is a reason. It's not just that your fire detectors want or smoke detectors want to fuck you over at 4 a.m. But There's they a do. Reason. There's a scientific reason for it. No, the world's unfair and God hates me. That's why. <laughs> Matt, hey, Matt Ryan, <laughs> turn off your fire detector. Come on. Scott, that's a great question. Matt, will you turn off your fire alarm? Yeah, I just changed the batteries. We should be good. Okay. Back to the show. Matt Ryan, 4,000 yards every season for the past 10 seasons. 
Uh, 26 touchdowns last year. His interceptions are going up, though. Uh, Double-digit interceptions pretty much constantly. He loses Julio Jones. Uh, do you have any interest in him in fantasy? Not really. I think he's certainly going to be a streamer this year. There's there's no way Matt Ryan is not a streamer on leagues. I don't think he's rosterable unless he really shows mm-hmm. who he has a solid floor and just solid every week production. I guess. He's one of those guys who's great for the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons need him. But for fancy, I just can't trust. There's too many guys with higher upsides that run the ball, and he doesn't run the ball. Um, so no thank you to that. But there is a guy that both of us like in that backfield in Atlanta, Matt. And that is Mr. Mike Davis and those quads that I could just knock down a building. Um, I think he's being underdrafted. I think he should be up there closer to the Miles Sanders, Miles Gaston, Gaskin. Uh, did I hear your, your fire alarm go, even though you just changed the battery? Oh, my God. I think it did. Matt, are you sure you've got the fire? I'm sorry, the carbon monoxide detector under control. Uh, you know, I think it's it's doing okay now. Okay, so are you ready to talk, Mike Davis? Yes, let's talk, Mike Davis. I was saying I think he belongs up there with Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin. Um, I love him. What do you think of him this year? I'll take him right in the same range. Yeah, I think him and Miles. Gaskin or like same page with me. I, I think if either of them are on the board at a certain point, I'll take them. I think people are taking Gaskin way ahead of him right now. Me too. I think so too. I don't really know why, but no, I mean, he took over for Christian McCaffrey in Carolina and was really efficient, caught the ball, ran the ball, scored touchdowns. He did a great job there. So now he comes over to Atlanta. Atlanta doesn't do anything in the draft, so they are saying he is the guy right now unless they sign, like, Lev Bell or Gurley or something weird. They're not going to sign Gurley because he was on the Falcons, but, like, he's going to be the guy there, and it was not a great team, but he's going to catch some passes. He's going to get a lot of volume, and I think he's going to be a great... I think he's going to be an RB2 for you. Yeah, I think that's that's the big thing to say here is that depth charge just looks like there's nobody else. Who else is going to get the ball besides Mike? Davis? Right, right. So, yeah, uh, I I like him a lot where he's going in drafts this year. I think he is an easy, <clears throat> easy road to being a weekly startable RB two on your roster, and there's no reason you should shy away from him. Yeah. The receiving core in Atlanta. Does not have Julio Jones there anymore, uh, but it does have Calvin Ridley. It also has Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus. He was something last year, and I couldn't pronounce his name then, and I can't pronounce it now. But let's start with Calvin Ridley. Uh, 90 catches for 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns last year, and that was with Julio Jones peppered in there at times. Ridley ascends for me. Now that Julio Jones isn't there, which I think he does for a lot of people in the fantasy community. But my question is, how high, Matt? How high do you ascend Calvin Ridley now that he is the guy there? Oh, my God. I I think he is still going at a value in drafts. I was not too keen on him. Even when Julio got left until I started looking into his stats and his usage, just like, oh, my God. <laughs> now that Julio's not there, I think. I think I have to respect this. So yeah. I'm in on it. He had 13, almost 1,400 yards last year. 
with Julio there. Granted, Julio was only playing in nine games, but give it, I mean, extrapolate that out. If Julio plays zero games, all of a sudden Calvin Ridley's getting like 1,600 yards receiving. Yeah, 1,600 yards receiving is tight end, is wide receiver three territory, depending on touchdowns. I don't. I don't think that's apples to apples. You can't just give every target of Julio's to every Ridley. one of them. Okay, but man, he had 143 last year targets. the The sky is the limit for this guy without Julio on the team. And I think Matt Ryan still has it in the tank. Ridley's going what in the second this year? Am I right about that, Danny? Yeah, he's about wide receiver five. He's going after yeah. the Adams Hill. We're leaving it now, okay? That thing's going to stay. <laughs> the carbon monoxide. You don't feel like lightheaded or anything, do you? No, it's just giving the one chirp, which isn't an <laughs> alarm chirp. I just don't know what the hell's doing. Right. Um, I think he's going behind Hopkins, Hill, Adams, and Diggs. And I think that's appropriate. Like, those four guys and, and Ridley um, as the top five. I think that makes sense. Absolutely. And I think I, I think he has as much upside as any of them. So I think he could be a great mm-hmm. pick. I actually am interested in Russell Gage still towards the end of drafts because someone's got to take some of these. They're not all going to go to Kyle Pitt, are they? These oh, targets? I don't know. Quite a few <laughs> go to Kyle Pitt. Let's talk about Kyle Pitts. Yeah, the, he went fourth overall out of Florida. The hype could not ascend any higher than it is. But I'm joining right along. He keeps creeping up my tight end uh, board higher and higher. I think he's at like six or seven now just because the upside is so tremendous. As long as it doesn't get out of control and like draft him in like the fifth round or something like that, that'd be ridiculous. But Kyle Pitts could, oh boy, he could win you the league or he could be a real bummer. So are you going to roll the dice with Kyle Pitts this year, Matt? Man, I... I want to. The hype is real. But uh, I don't see it happening in a first-year tight end, just him being valuable where he's getting drafted. I'd rather draft some, like, Logan Thomases um, around him or even, like, a, a litany of other wider... Or, sorry, like Noah Fant? Would you take Noah Fant over Kyle Pitts? I don't know. I'm not huge on Noah Fant. Give me another one. Um, off the top of my head, obviously you take DJ Hawkinson. I know you're a big Hawkinson. Mark Andrews. Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. I might do Mark Andrews. I don't. The, the the draw is real with Kyle Pitts. Just please have a contingency plan. If you take him, draft somebody with a decent floor later on that you can start. Um, mm-hmm. if Kyle Pitts just starts off not doing much out the gate, All right. Matt, I think that's it. I think we covered every team. How do you oh, feel? Exhausted? God. Good? Bad? Indifferent? You know, a little of all. Mm-hmm. What's really neat is that coming up, now that we've got our divisional breakdowns out of the way, we've got our positional rankings shows that are going to start. These are the big ones, dude. Like, Heck we yeah. get our mock drafts, which are great, but the ranking shows are really where we knock it out of the park here. That's coming up. Yeah, I think that's that's basically what we got until or through until draft season, whatever you want to call it. But there's a lot of rankings and a lot of mock drafts. And I mean, that's what you that's what you need gear for your drafts. A lot of discussion. 
about where you should take people and then seeing where they do fall. So mm-hmm. stick with us here. Um, we're going to learn together through <laughs> these episodes and it'll be fun. Yeah. And chumpsandchamppodcast.com, that's where you'll find all of our rankings. So when you're listening to the show, you can go there and follow along because, uh, I mean, in a perfect world, Scott will be here too. We'll just assume that he'll be here when we do the next show. Um, he should at that point be a sand volleyball world champion, though. I, if, if he's not, this was a complete waste of time for him. Hey, Danny, I'm back. We oh, won. you <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> um, but yes, quarterback rankings are going to be the next show that you're going to hear from us. We're going to break down all them QBs. Do you ready for the ranking shows? I'm ready. I'm excited about these. Have you got yours updated? Because mine are updated. I just updated mine a little bit, uh, I think, today. And I'm liking where I sit. There's probably going to be some tweaks come the day of the podcast, which mm-hmm. is important because things are dynamic and they change on the daily. So um, mm-hmm. you know that you'll be getting our, our freshest takes on ADP or just rankings day of here. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, everybody, for sticking around this whole time. We really appreciate you listening to our podcast. Um, check us out, jumpschamppodcast.com. And uh, Matt, close us out here. And remember, have fun with it. See you later, champs. <laughs>